Welcome to the Faith Heart Business Podcast, the podcast sure to increase your energy and your expectation for living a life of true purpose and abundance. Now, here is your host, life and energy coach, Nicole Bird. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Faith Heart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bird. And listen, I'm so excited today because uh, we're going to have someone so special to my heart. I love her spirit. She's so uh, humble about the things that God is doing in her life. And if you've been part of these podcasts, you know, over the last several weeks, I've been featuring some amazing and powerful women entrepreneurs, women faith leaders. And to me, what makes them so powerful is that they are women who are on mission to serve others in the ministry and in the marketplace. There are women who are living on purpose. And so my intention for this series is that you will be able to make some powerful shifts in your life if you're in business, in your business, so that you can live the life of abundance that God has called you to. And so this podcast is about inspiring women, giving women the tools and equipping them. And then not only that, we want you to activate the things that you hear in these podcasts to make those things happen for yourself. So let's get into it today with today's guest. Today we have the amazing Mia Wright. Say hello, Mia. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. And hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us today, y'all. If you don't know, Mia Wright is the author of the new book entitled unthinkable. I love the the slogan that she has on her website. I mean, I'm sorry, on her book that says, do the unordinary to experience the extraordinary. Amazing book. I have been reading it. I just shipped it out and in a giveaway that I did. You got to get the book. Mia is a conference leader of one of the largest women's conferences, the Metamorphosis Conference. She's a co-pastor of a large ministry, a mega ministry here in Houston, Texas called the Fountain of Praise, where she serves alongside her amazing husband, Pastor Remus Wright. And the three words I would use to describe the lovely, lovely Mia Wright is that she's missional, that she's inspirational, and she is, when she speaks, her words are transformative. And so Mia, thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. Thank you. And thank you for all the work that you're doing as well to help us shift our mindsets about how life can actually become when when we really embrace what God has for us. Yes, I'm, I'm excited about this call. Mia, I don't know if you remember this. I had a podcast years ago called Real Women, Real Life. And mm-hmm. you were a part of that podcast. And it just feel like um, God has brought us both full circle to do some amazing and intentional work in the lives of the women we engage. So I thank God for the opportunity. And I thank God for um, your sacrifice of time with being a part of this podcast as well. And so, Mia, I wanted to ask this question. If I stay in, I hope I don't stand corrected in saying this is your first book that you've put out, right? It is my first published book, but I have a couple other manuscripts that I have not published. (laughs) So I think sometimes we kind of decide, you know, um, 
let's go with what we have, which is our strongest work, as opposed to just putting something out there. Right. I never want to do anything that will be substandard for what God has for me. So this is my second book that I've written. Um, I've written some articles and some smaller journals, but this one is (laughs) 60,000 words. (laughs) It was a labor of love, an intense labor of love to bring forth a message that God wanted me to share with women and men about how Mm -hmm. we can embrace what God has for us to do more than what we've ever thought to get through some of those those comfort zones and boundaries we preset or have allowed others to set in our lives as well. So this is a good work um, that God has really begun with this. And I'm looking forward to whatever his next phase is going to be with the next step on this book. <laughs> wow. And I, I think the reason I was asking, um, I think a lot of us do a lot of things for a lot of reasons, but I just mm-hmm. love your story. And I kind of wanted you to share with the listeners, what was your motivation for actually writing this book on this topic? You know, I've had a a few motivations and one of them has been that really with what the work I do with my, I call it my passion. I have one job that pays my salary and pays my purpose. The one pays my passion, (laughs) which is another part of my purpose, (laughs) something you're really passionate about. And that's the metamorphosis conference. And so over the years, just seeing being a part of this transformation, being a part of the catalyst to help people embrace the change that God would have for them to get where God desires for them to be. And also realizing that this was also my journey. It was also my story. And so when I say that, you know, women come to this conference and over nearly 20 years, women are becoming for metamorphosis to embrace a life change. It's also been my change. It's also been me deciding to walk in my purpose. And so for years, people would say, oh, you need to share your story. Well, Unthinkable is not necessarily my story, but it's God's story. I've interwoven within the books a few of the learnings that I've had on those areas that I talk about, but it's really the stories of biblical characters modernized into a, a setting that we can all understand. And carrying a portable message of what God would have for us to do in order to make a change in our life. So one of the biggest motivators has been that when I look and see what my life's work has been over the last 20 years, it's been able to say, you know what, there's a bigger picture to all of it. It's not just about me. It's about others. And then it's not just about others. It's really a bigger story because it's God's story. So helping people to see what their life changes could be, what their possibilities could be, and, you know, to embrace what God has for them. You know, I think, and just quite honestly, Nicole, I think a lot of us settle. You know, we settle for life kind of as is. And I really almost hate that saying, it is what it is. And sometimes it, that, that really, you know, summarizes our setting. However, I don't think any of us should just settle with it is as it is. You know, it is what it is. We should never just settle that because that's not God wants us to do. God says he has come to give us life and that more abundantly. That's John 10, 10. Paul writes yes. now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. And that's, you know, Ephesians three twenty. So if we think about what God is saying to us throughout this, it's not to just settle for it is what it is. 
it, it is what God can help us to become. It is what God will help us to make it become. And so we have some action steps in our lives. And I really want to inspire people to know that they got to be a part of this. You know, it's not just going to happen. You can't just sit and expect it to happen. You have to be an active participant with the destiny that God has for you. And so you've got to work it out. And there's some things you've got to do in order to achieve it and succeed and see it. And so just to answer your question in summary, what made me write this book was really to to motivate others to see what God mm. has for them and not settle for where they are right now. You know, Mia, as you were talking, I was just thinking about that, how you talked about that whole piece on settling. Um, I think your book, Unthinkable, speaks to um, basically the impossible being possible in the life of the believer. And yes. I think many of struggle with that is because of the mindset, how we think and how we perceive life. And mm -hmm. I wanted you to talk about with, in, I'm kind of going off script, I believe, because I think God wants us to kind of hear how we can break the pattern of that mindset that we have to settle for something less when God has promised us greater. Can you talk mm -hmm. about how a woman, what would be the approach to breaking that mindset or breaking that pattern of thought of settling for the small when God has something so much bigger for us. Mm -hmm. You know, Nicole, I think, first of all, we're living in times that our faith is being challenged more than any other time in, in history. People are, uh, some people are walking away from their faith. They're leaving the church. Uh, some people are discovering faith for the first time. And some people are, are on a pathway of spiritual renewal and reconnection. And so in their seeking, many are finding God. And I think that's the, the refreshing thing is that once we find God, we begin to really understand um, the possibilities that can lie within a person. Now, it is challenging in the sense that when you discover God and you learn that there are these great possibilities that he could have for your life, and then you look at your circumstance, the facts of what your life are, and you look at where your experiences have been or what your history has been or what your mindset is, or even where you're, you know, you can tie your family, your emotions, a lot of background that goes into the creation of who we are and that sets our structure and our pattern of what we believe as well. But then that has mm -hmm. to be challenged. It all has to be challenged. At some point in time, if you're going to make a change, you have to do something different. You can't expect the same steps to lead you down a different pathway. And so you always have to say, what is it that I am facing that I have not challenged in my life to make me a better person or to make, give me a different outcome or whatever it is that, that impossibility that has set itself up in life has now become impossible. So what, what you felt was impossible has, has mm -hmm. hunkered in as just a complete impossibility. What is that and why? And, you know, mm -hmm. for me personally, I left a corporate job. I was in a really great position and had a great job. And, and we were going through our third merger and God started telling me I was leaving my company. Well, every time I was on a conference call, they would tell me, yeah, you still have a job and we need your, your uh, division and no, you guys won't be laid off and yada, yada. And so I'm going, well, I thought God was going to move me off this job. And so I had to still trust and believe that no matter what I was hearing, no matter what I was seeing, God was going to make a way to shift me off this job. 
And I wasn't going to have to just quit because I needed that severance package, you see, <laughs> because at that time, yeah. just, just to be honest, at that time, my income was the main income for our family. And all of the medical insurance was tied in and the car, I had a company car and all of that. So it was more than just the income coming in. There were a lot of benefits that were part of my uh, company structure and my corporate structure that were necessary to my family. So trusting God that he was going to make a way when um, everything that I was hearing and everything I had been fed and kept getting told was saying the opposite. And I remember one girl that worked with me, she was not a believer. And every time we got off the conference call, she'd look at me and goes, well, your God didn't come through yet. And she would just be like, well, you still got a job. You know, you didn't get, you didn't get laid off and you didn't get a severance package. And I would say, but it's not over until God says it's over. And so even though I was being challenged with what I believe was going to happen, I still had to hold firm to what my beliefs were. My beliefs were that God was going to make this way. And when he did, it was only a few months later, when he did, she was baffled. I was, I was beyond delighted because God had promised me this and I could see what his promises were now coming to light in my life. So for anyone that is asking themselves now, they're struggling and saying, you know, how, how do I make a mindset change? How do I change what I know about my life or what I know about myself is that you have to dig deep into what you believe about God. Because in essence, do you believe that God is bigger than your mindset? Do you believe that God is more powerful than your circumstance? Do you believe that God has the ability to transform it? And if you can believe that God can do these things, then he can absolutely do it. I use several characters in the in the book um, whose story were you know, stories, their lives were one way, their history, but the trajectory of their lives began to change because they believed something that about God that they hadn't believed up until that point. And they had a moment to, to make a decision, such as Rahab. I use her an example as an example for unthinkable belief because Rahab, her whole life was, was built on the worship of Baal. She was a Canaanite. And she had, you know, Baal was the one that, you know, you prayed to him for rain, where he brought rain, rain brought crops, crops brought food. But now she's saying, you know, I believe that your God is God above heaven and earth, you know, bigger than all these other gods. So this woman had to have a big shift in her belief system about who God really was. And in doing so, that's how she received salvation. And she and her family, those who were within her household, were the only ones spared out of the whole city. And then the Bible goes on not just to talk about her being fair, but it lines her up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 1, Rahab's name is listed amongst all those people's names who are going down to King David and then from King David to Jesus Christ. And it's like, what? Is that the same woman who was an idol worshiper, the same woman who believed in Baal, who, who was a Canaanite? You know, and yes, it's the same woman who made a shift in her belief the very same woman who shifted. So each of us have a, a time and a place that we will be challenged with our beliefs. And if we desire to see something different in our lives, if we desire to see God do the unthinkable for us, then we have to go back to what is it that I believe? What do I believe about God? And how is he God over my life? Is he bigger than my will, my steps, my decisions? And God is bigger than all of those things. And once we embrace that, and receive that, then we can begin to walk along with the steps that he'll order for our lives. And that will lead us to the place where we see the blessings of God.
and he will oh let God. us in do extraordinary. That's amazing, Mia. Thank you so much for kind of going deeper with that so that we can just try to get an understanding of where our hearts and minds must line up with what we believe about God. I think that's that's so amazing and making that mm-hmm. shift and that change that is when we can see um, God's glory being revealed in our lives. I think you touched on it a little bit about your transition. You mentioned it in the book about going from being this corporate executive to now mm-hmm. a well-known renowned teacher, author, all of those things you are doing. And I think a lot of us find ourselves in that transitional place. There's a major mm-hmm. transition for some of us, it may seem like a, a lot, your life being interrupted and not right. knowing how to take the next step. I want you to talk a little bit how your that process for you translated for you and your walk with God, because that's a major shift. That's a major change in mm-hmm. what you knew life to be before. So do you want to kind of talk about that for us? Sure, sure. Sure, because, you know, for many of us, let me say that marketplace ministry is what I consider. A lot of times we, we fail to recognize how God can use us in certain places. And I remember wow. when God told me that he was going to shift me off my corporate job and allow me to work for the church. Now, that's different. Okay, as a vocational ministry, it's different. And um, had God said to me that you'll continue to stay where you are and serve me in this capacity, then I would have continued where I was. And I wouldn't have left because I felt a calling from God. And, and Nicole, I often say to people who, who tell me that, oh, I'm quitting my job because God called me to full-time ministry. The first thing I say is that first, God never calls any of us to part-time ministry. There's no such thing. And ministry that God calls us to it's different and it may look different how it is executed or where it's executed. And so there are only so many jobs in the church and there are only so many jobs, you know, in a nonprofit that, you know, uh, it has ministry focus, but what you do for your whole life is ministry focused. And so wherever God calls you is where he wants you to begin. So for me, that process started that while I was in corporate, um, you know, I was doing training and, and actually at some point in time when I was doing sales, it's, it's interesting because there are people that I still see today that, you know, almost 30 years ago, I was seeing them when I was in pharmaceutical sales and they still know who I am. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, I remember you when you were selling, you know, XYZ drug and you were coming into our offices. And I'm like, yeah, you know, because that was part of my journey. And all of it was the preparation for what God was preparing me to do. So that when I go into a place that I know how to greet people and meet people and talk to people and and share a message that is concise, that is clear, that I don't have to spend two days talking about to get my point across. Do you see what I'm saying? So all of it, I look back and I say, God was preparing me for what he was going to do. It was just in a different setting. And so even when I began to shift to training and self-development, God began to say to me at, when I started coming off my job, I'm thinking, well, okay, am I going to work administration front of the church? What am I going to do? You know, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, but trusting and believing God and God said, preach my word. That was a big paradigm shift for me there too, because I wasn't prepared to go and preach his word. So I thought, you know, but God equips those who he calls. And so when I came off my job and not knowing clearly what God wanted me to do, he just kept telling me to study 
to show myself approved unto God. That's what he kept telling me. And, I, and people say, I heard you left your job so you can go and preach. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> that wasn't my intention. You know, and I'm like, that wasn't because at that time when people were saying that to me, God hadn't even told me he wanted me to preach his word. But I was, I was like, ooh. So I really was almost embarrassed behind this this move, leaving this great job to go work free time. I call it free time, not full time, free time for the church. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, um, I don't know what God wants to do with me. And I was really kind of confused. I remember my kids saying, oh, mom, because I've always been pretty independent, even as a married woman, independent in a lot of ways. And I'll share that later in, this, in my journey in the book about my mom and how she taught us independence. But my kids would say, Oh, mom hates that song that but Destiny's Child sings. Uh, throw your hands up at me, all the women independent. There he says, because mom has to ask dad for money now. <laughs> I, would be, I would be in the car going, oh, I hate this song. Change the <laughs> You know, but it's interesting that even as children, my children identify and they recognize that as a trait within me that I needed to have something of my own. <laughs> and so um, it was, but God didn't take that away from me. You know, he, he shifted my my positioning, but he didn't take that away from me until he raised me up into a position where I can do my own ministry. And it, it, it's, it's within the church, but not always at the church. A lot, I spent a lot of time preaching outside of the church as well. So um, just to say this, part of the journey was truly listening to God, hearing his voice and knowing what he said to me to study. And that study is what opened up the door for my next gift to be unveiled because many times we have all these gifts and we don't know how many gifts we have or we've never uncovered them or we've denied them because um, as I mentioned earlier, I had to have a paradigm shift when God said to me, preach my word. I was raised in a very traditional Christian home and in the church, my grandfather was pastor. I, Nicole, I visibly saw him push an older woman down who uh, was standing at the altar and, you know, back in the day when people come down and, you, and you know, invitation time to come down and you get, put the microphone in their mouth. We don't put the microphone in people's mouths <laughs> anymore because we don't know what in the world he might say. But <laughs> this time, this woman, my grandfather put the mic in her mouth and she said, uh, Pastor, I want to let you and the church know that God has called me to preach. And my grandfather was about in his 80s, late 70s. And this woman had to be close in age as well. And my grandfather wrestled her with that microphone. And, and he publicly shamed her. He humiliated her. And he said to her, the words, I was about 14 years old. And he said, these words never forget me. I'll forget. He said, no, God does not call a woman to preach. He won't use a woman like that. You need to go back and hear from God because you're hearing from your own voice. And I'll never forget that. And so when God called me and told me, preach my word, that came back to my memory. I probably hadn't thought of that in years. Came right to my memory. Could God really be calling me? But he doesn't call a woman to preach. And so when I talk about those zones, sometimes those zones aren't necessarily comfort zones. Sometimes they're pre-established zones that have been placed in our lives as barriers to keep us from getting to the destiny and purpose that God wants us to reach. And the enemy will set that up as a complete walled structure, and we will never try to surpass it or never try to break through it or overcome it because we have accepted that as an established authority for our lives. And in my wow. case, I had, I had to really, really pray. 
I had to seek God's scripture for where God was using women and what God meant when he meant in the second Timothy passage. I had to get a, a better understanding of what God wanted me to do with my life. And did he really say to me, preach my word? I know what I heard. I had an audible sound. I know what I heard. It was no one else giving me the word. It was God's voice. And he said, my sheep will know my voice and they'll follow not after another. And so I had to make a determination. What do I believe? It goes back to my belief. Do I believe that my God is bigger than my gender? Do I believe that my God can use a woman's voice? Do I believe that my God could use me to share his good news, to bring others to know him? Do I believe that the, the traditions of the past or the, the understanding of some scripture could be mistaken or uh, meant for a certain time period or meant for a, in contextual? Do I believe when he says in Joel 2 and in Acts 2 that he would pour his spirit out on all flesh and sons and daughters, male, female, would prophesy? And did I believe that mm-hmm. that prophesy including preaching? And so I had to go back and ask myself, what did I believe? And when I got to the very bottom of what my faith and belief was, it's that God is bigger than any man who could tell me no, that God is bigger than that, and that I had to trust him and him, him alone. So my revelation through this, my, my getting through this, this uh, mindset, I mean, there were a lot of things to overcome. And just like any person, no matter what it is, when you're going through um, a shift, like this, a big, deep shift. These are big, deep-seated beliefs that we have. And when we challenge those, the enemy's going to attack us. The enemy's coming at us with everything he, he could throw at us and make us question God and make us question. But if we get to the final product, which is what is it that I believe and hold on to that, we can watch God do the incredible things in our life extraordinary things in our life and it'll shift us out of from what's ordinary into the extraordinary i loved my job i loved what i was doing i could still be working for this company today but i would not be operating in the complete giftedness or in the purpose that god has set and ordained for my days and there will be people who would have to hear the gospel another way because I would not be the one privileged to share with them what God says for us. Man, what a beautiful sentiment. I was just listening to you just, you know, for all the women that you are men and you're in transition and mm-hmm. you are trying to figure out where to go next. I mean, Mia said a lot. She talked about, you know, really truly getting clear about God's voice Um how you got to let go of some of those limited beliefs that you have because of some life Mm -hmm. experiences, those things build up barriers. And then she began to pray and seek God in the scripture so that she Mm -hmm. could get clarity. And then what was so amazing, Mia, you made a decision. You made a decision about how you're going to move forward based on what you believed about God. And I think it's a process. I think God, takes us all through an amazing process. And we, you guys, you just got to get the book. You got to get unthinkable <laughs> because it's going to allow you to ask yourself some of these empowering and challenging questions 
that Mia has been talking about during our time together today. And so you have to get the book so that you can begin to um, create a space where you can shift your perspective to a God one. I think that's what we're mm-hmm. trying to do here. Um, really shift your perspective to a God one. So Mia, with all that you said today, what is the one thing that you desire in your heart for the reader to walk away with after reading Unthinkable? You know, it's my biggest desire that every reader, and, and Nicole, I have prayed over these books. I have prayed before I submitted it. I prayed every time before I wrote it, before I turned in a chapter, every time I was praying, God, who needs to hear this message, cause them to shift in their mindset and trust you beyond what they could have ever trusted you to do the unthinkable in their lives. Because we think through too much. And, And if you see the cover of the book, the word unthinkable is broken out into three parts, unthinkable. And really, I say, if we erase that unthinkable, we're able to think because God does it for us too. And he gives us our heart's desire. So I want to see one thing. I want to see people's lives shifted. I want to see them shift from regular and normal, from okay and average, from this will do and it is what it is to, oh my God, I cannot believe my life is like this. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to hear testimonies. I want people to write reviews on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles to say, this book made me rethink the possibilities of life. And I am living a better life because of what God spoke to me in this book. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want the takeaway to be that they don't have to settle, that they can do better than where they are right now. And, you know, it's not to say you don't have a great life. Because some people are like, oh, I love my life. It's not to say you don't have a great life. It's just saying a greater is possible. Yes, it is. There's always room and space for potential and new opportunities. And so, Mm -hmm. Mia, thank you so much for sharing with us today and being a part and sharing your story. Uh, Would you tell the readers what's next on the radar for Miss Mia, Mrs. Mia, right? What's going on? How can they get your book? What's going on? Oh, I'm so excited. Let's see. Well, first, I'll be in South Africa next week. (laughs) So, I don't know how. how, how your span is on your podcast, but hopefully maybe some people in Joe Berg in Cape Town will be there and be able to come out. I'll be at uh, Pastor Alf LaCalle's church for the Shift Women's Conference. And that is on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, August the uh, 19th and 11th. And then I'll be in Cape Town at New Faith Church on the 12th. Um, I'll be going to Las Vegas on the 17th and 18th of um August as well, and that was is with uh, Pastor Mary House and oh golly Bishop House. I forgot the name of the church though. But it's on my website. I'll be here in Houston at Silver Lake Women's Conference on the twenty fourth, and there's a authors event at Texas Southern University August twenty first, and then I'll be in DC on the twenty sixth of August. So that just will round out this month. Um, There I have quite a bit going on. for the rest of the year. And I would love to see some of your listeners come out and be inspired by the message. And they can get more information on my calendar online at MiaWright.com. Mia, thank you so much, girl. You got some stuff going on. <laughs> I'm grateful to God stuff- for it. 
Yes. yes. They, can the, they can get a copy of the book. And can I just mention, they can get a copy of the book. The book is available online at Amazon.com and it's in Barnes and Nobles as well as in BarnesandNobles.com. Right. Thank you so much, Mia. Hey, if you would do me a favor before we go today, um, if you will go ahead and make sure you are subscribed to the Faith the Heart Business Podcast, share the podcast with someone you know and love. Again, I am your host, Nicole Bird of the Faith Heart Business Podcast. Believing God wants to do something greater in your life if you just believe it. Until next time, we will see you then. Mia, thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. Thank you so much, Nicole. God bless you, sister.